Hello, greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, October the 15th, and we continue looking at the Gospel of Mark. Today, we're in chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. You know, throughout this Bible, throughout the Scripture, it's clear that Jesus' miracles served more than one purpose. They were definitely these indications of his power. They also pointed to the fact that he was God, and they fulfilled prophecy about the coming Messiah. They also served as signs or these illustrations beyond just simply the physical. For example, throughout the Gospel of John, John describes Jesus's miracles as signs. John tells us in chapter 6, verse 2, that a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. As signs, they had spiritual uh, significance. You know, one day Jesus took a little boy's lunch and, and had bread and fish in it, and he does a miracle and feeds thousands with it. Then a few verses later, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. That miracle was a sign to who it is he was. You know, on another occasion, Jesus stood in front of a tomb that contained the body of his friend Lazarus. He'd been dead for days, and Jesus brings him back to life and calls him out of the grave. That miracle illustrated that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. And when Jesus was asked by John the Baptist's disciples, are you the Messiah? Jesus told them in Matthew 11 to go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And so the leper we're about to look at today is one of those lepers. So today we encounter Jesus doing another miracle that teaches us something beyond just the physical miracle. It will serve as an illustration of who we are without Jesus and what Jesus can do for us, for sinners who come to him just as they are. And I think it reminds us of where we used to be while highlighting the greatness of Jesus. So let's take a look. Mark chapter 1, 40 through 45 A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. And then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. There are two people that we need to take a look at. We need to take a look at the leper, and we need to take a look at the Lord, at Jesus. And so we're going to divide this text into two parts. And today we're going to focus on the leper, and next week we're going to focus on Jesus. So what do we learn from the leper? Well, I think we will see, it's my hope that we'll see, that the leper served as a walking, living, breathing illustration of the human condition. And from his encounter with Jesus, we learn a lot about ourselves and about Jesus. So let's spend a few minutes 
exploring the physical part, the, the physical object lesson, and what it teaches us about our spiritual condition. As we learn about the leper, we learn about ourselves. So what do we learn? First of all, we come to Jesus just as we are. Just like this leper, we all come to Jesus just as we are. Mark tells us that a man with leprosy came to Jesus. We do not know anything about this man except that he was a leper. However, when Luke tells about this event, he says that the man had an advanced case of leprosy. That's Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Some translations say that he was covered in leprosy or full of leprosy. His condition would have been obvious to people. He was in the advanced stages of leprosy. And to get the full impact of what is about to happen between this man and Jesus, we have to understand some things about leprosy. We need to understand why leprosy is the perfect object lesson for the sinful condition of every single one of us. So here we go. Leprosy was destructive. It was harmful. It caused injuries. It would literally destroy the body. On the basis of what we know about leprosy, so let's describe what happened to this man. First of all, it started with him beginning to feel a little tired. For no reason, he would have been, uh, he would have had a feeling of fatigue. Then his joints would begin to get sore. And then one day he would notice little white spots all over his skin. Those white spots would begin to harden into knots or bumps, and they would turn from white to pink to brown, and then they would become scaly. And soon these bumps would spread all over his body. These bumps then would would open up all over his body and it would produce this foul odor. His appearance of his face would change until he began to resemble almost like a deformed lion of sorts. The bumps would also cover his vocal cords so that when he breathed, there would be a wheezing sound. And when he talked, his voice would be raspy. The leper's breath would begin to stink. He would lose most of his hair. His eyebrows would fall out. What hair that he had would turn white. The bones and the interior organs would begin to deteriorate, which would make them vulnerable to other diseases. So inch by inch, this man's body would begin to rot. And as he walked, he would leave uh, disgusting spots where things oozed out of his feet. His fingers and his toes would begin to rot and fall off. When someone is full of leprosy, you might see them with without a nose or a large hole in their cheek where their skin had rotted away or no leg or an arm because it had literally rotted off. Leprosy attacks the nervous system in such a way that a person loses sensation of pain. A man in the advanced stages of leprosy might accidentally put his hand in the fire and feel no pain while burning himself severely. He would step on a, a thorn in the path and feel nothing as the thorn goes through his foot. A letter, a leper was literally the walking dead. If not cured, the leper would live for about nine years before he simply basically would rot to death. He was considered a walking corpse. And because of this, some families would have a funeral when the person was diagnosed with leprosy before the leper would go off to the leper colony. Leprosy resulted in isolation. Not only would a person suffer unbelievable horror physically, but there was also major social implications and rejections. According to Leviticus 13, when it was determined that a person had leprosy, they would be banished from the village or town. They were no longer allowed to be near the people. 
He had to leave family, friends, had to tear his garment so people would recognize he was a leper from a distance. Over his upper lip, he had to wear a cloth so he wouldn't spread contamination. And every time he would see people coming, he was required to cry out unclean. It would harm them. He he was a leper, and and so he had to say not to approach, to keep away. Some people would pick up stones and throw at the leper in order to get them out of the way or further away. He was required to stand at a distance. That's according to Luke 17 about 50 paces away from people. If there was a strong wind, it was 150 paces. It was illegal to even greet a leper on the street. Declared unfit, the leper was isolated as an untouchable and left alone to die, unless they were able to find a leper colony. Leprosy was incurable. The law in Leviticus 13 could diagnose and deal with lepers, but could not remove leprosy from lepers. This This is a picture of the law, righteous and perfect in defining sin, but not able, but unable rather, excuse me, to remove sin from the sinner. In the Old Testament, leprosy was generally regarded as a divine punishment, the cure of which could only come by the hand of God. That's found in Numbers and in 2 Kings. The disease robbed them of their health, and the sentence imposed on them is a consequence robbed them of their name, their occupation, their habits, their family, fellowship, and a worshiping community. And as a sign of perpetual mourning, they were to leave their heads uncovered and tear their clothing. That's according to Leviticus 13. Leprosy is an illustration of sin. There are so many parallels between leprosy and sin, but here's just a few. Like leprosy, sin begins small. With leprosy, it starts off with fatigue, tiredness, little white dots. Isn't that how sin is? It starts off seemingly small in our life. According To James, it begins with a little thing called desire. Like leprosy, sin causes numbness. As leprosy advances, we become physically numb to pain. We will burn, but we can't feel the fire. We break our arm, but we don't feel it. We we can't feel the damage done to our body. Sin is exactly the same way. As our sin advances, we don't sense the damage we're doing to ourselves, to our mind, our emotions, our relationships. We become insensitive to truth, God and others. We become numb to the things of God. Like leprosy, sin causes separation. If we are diagnosed with leprosy, then we are removed from family and friends. Sin does the same thing. How often has sin separated husband and wife, parent and child, friends, etc.? Without a doubt, sin causes us all to be separated from God before we are saved and cleansed of sin. That's according to Isaiah 59. Like leprosy, sin cannot be removed by law or goodness. We can't be good enough to remove sin. We can't smear the, the, a cold cream or an ointment of religion on sin and hope that it goes away. By trying to keep the Ten Commandments and being good and going to church, it, you know, it does not get rid of sin. If we're lost and in our sin, the only hope for a cure is a miracle. And that miracle comes in the person in the Lord of Jesus Christ. Like leprosy, sin causes death. If the leper is not healed and cleansed, they will die, a leper. And the Bible says the wage of sin, the payment of sin is death. That's Romans 3.23. Like leprosy, sin leaves a person feeling worthless and hopeless. He is away from those he, he loves. He no longer can do what he enjoys. His career's over. His plans for the future are over. And if sin goes far enough, our life 
can take on this useless appearance and worthless feel. The bottom line is that the leper represents all of us. Physically, he reminds us of how we are spiritually before a holy God. This leper came to Jesus just as he is. Leprosy, sores, smell, disappointments, fear, desperation, and all. And we must do the same. We must come to Jesus as we are, sin and all. You see, the leper did not try to hide his leprosy from Jesus. He took his leprosy to Jesus. And the message for us is to not try and hide our sin from Jesus, but take it to him. Secondly, we come to Jesus with desperation. We come to Jesus just as we are. Number two, we come to him with desperation. And we can't read that too quickly. We can't hear that too quickly. Mark says that a man with leprosy came. Now, this is not a casual or normal approaching of Jesus. In desperation, he threw caution to the wind and did that which the law did not allow. He approached Jesus. In all probability, there was a crowd around Jesus. You can almost see the crowd parting in shock and disbelief at the approach of the outcast. But you see, desperate times require desperate measures. So the leper comes. He came to Jesus. It took incredible courage and desperation for this man to approach Jesus that day. He risked stoning, humiliation, and death to get to the Lord. But when we understand how sinful we are and how we've tried and how, and how we're tired of the sin in our lives and how desperate we are for a change and the hope and forgiveness and healing, we will approach Jesus in an attitude of desperation. It's that prayer of desperation that says, Jesus, I need you. I need forgiveness. I need help. And thirdly, we come to Jesus with humility. But notice carefully how the leper also approached Jesus. He comes to Jesus in humility. Mark tells us a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus. Luke tells us that the man put his face to the ground in chapter 5, verse 12. It's an act of humility. He is bowing before Jesus. If this man ever had any arrogance or pride, Friends, it is gone. But let me say that at some point in the future, the scripture makes it very clear in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, so we have to encourage us to bow before him now rather than later. Fourthly, we come to Jesus with respect. We learn from the leper that we can come to Jesus just as we are. We come to him with humility, but we come to Jesus with respect. Luke tells us that this man addressed Jesus as Lord and then said, if you are willing, that that short phrase, if you are willing, highlights a couple things. If you are willing, says you're in charge. It recognizes the sovereignty of Jesus. Somehow the leper knew that Jesus didn't have to heal him. It would be the Lord's decision on what he did or didn't do. The leper was acknowledging who was really in charge. There's no demand from this man, only a desperate and humble request. Secondly, he says, if you're willing, I believe you can do it. If the, if the, it recognizes the faith of the leper. The leper's statement, if you're willing, that well, that acknowledge, acknowledges that Jesus can do what the leper is asking. The leper had the faith and confidence in Jesus' ability to heal him. The leper had already heard about Jesus and his healing. In the leper's mind, there was there's no doubt what Jesus could do. The question in the leper's mind was, would Jesus do it? Would Jesus heal him? 
And when we come to Jesus for anything, we approach him with respect, not demands. In Romans 9, 15, we're told God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. That's verses 15 through 16. Sometimes we forget to read that part of Romans. Because of this, we always approach Jesus with humility and with respect. But at the same time, we come to Jesus with confidence. Fifthly, we learn from the leper that if we have to come to Jesus just as we are, we come to Jesus with humility, we come to Jesus with respect, but we come to him with confidence. We've mentioned this, you know, but let's emphasize this for a moment. The leper statement, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. A couple things we, we need to look at here. The, the leper believed Jesus could do it. He came to Jesus with faith, with confidence, sureness of what Jesus could do. In the mind of the leper, there's only one question. Would Jesus do it? Do we believe that Jesus can cleanse us of our sin? Do we believe that Jesus is bigger and more powerful than anything we bring to him? The leper did. The leper believed it. And so can we. And this is, this is crucial. This is crucial, friends. The leper did not blame God for his condition. There's no bitterness toward God. There, there may have been at one time, but that anger and bitterness was all gone. There was no sense of entitlement coming from the leper. So when we look at the leper, we see ourselves in him, the way he approached Jesus, the way we are to approach Jesus. Like the leper, he came just as he was. We come to Jesus just as we are. Like the leper, he approached Jesus with humility. We come to Jesus with a humble heart. Like the leper, he approached Jesus with respect. We come to Jesus knowing he is the sovereign and he is Lord. Like the leper, he approached Jesus with confidence. We come to Jesus with confidence, knowing that he can do whatever he wants with us and has the power to cleanse, to forgive, and to heal. And like the leper, he approached Jesus with faith. We come to Jesus confidence, confident knowing that he loves us and is moved with compassion towards us because of our sin. Amen, and God bless.